Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. How you doing tonight? Uh, doing all right, man. Excited for this national championship game. Had fun watching the women's game last night. Um, yeah. It was just been, a great great weekend of hoops. Friday really through was. Friday yeah. through Sunday. Oh, so good. Yeah, the Gonzaga game, Friday, whatever. Saturday night Saturday. was great. It was fantastic. Oh, that, yeah. that was just epic. Uh, and the uh, Arizona-UConn game was really good. Um, yeah, it's just been great to have the tournament back. And it's Masters week, and the Mets played today, Rob. You're... <laughs> They're playing now. They're up. They're up two nothing. It's Degrom okay. Day. Okay, Degrom yeah. has two hits. There you go. So yeah, <laughs> so. It, it feels like a regular, um, you know, season of Nance right now. So yeah, it's yeah. good. Um, welcome everybody. We don't have look. There's no football, and there's no football this coming week, and I don't know when there's going to be football. Um, but it's really important. We wanted to talk tonight. Um, we we do want to go around the JMU Sports landscape, Rob. I we talked a little bit last week, but it's crazy how the end of the season is really sneaking up. For a lot of these kids and in the other sports i don't know what the like they're doing senior days and for some of these kids i think it truly is senior day and i you know just for you and i i, I want to make sure we kind of are keeping an eye on the other things going on too so yeah yeah definitely it's it's weird though because i saw they tweeted something baseball tweeted or, or the breeze tweeted that baseball is halfway through its season and they currently sit two and one in the caa <laughs> I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I know they were shut yeah. down and I guess they're not making up games, but it is just a bizarre, bizarre situation that we're dealing with now. I, I don't know whether it's better or worse. I saw the Vancouver Canucks thing. Did you see this in the NHL? They have like 22 players out and like yeah. some of them, you know, Supposedly maybe like really sick, fairly ill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. And then at the same time, they're, you know, compatriots from Toronto were at the full stadium in Texas today for the Rangers game and i thought well god bless texas i mean <laughs> I, it was, I, I, there's a part of me rob that was like i you know six months ago i would have been like holy crap have you seen this but then today i was a little bit like well i'm glad you guys are doing it instead of me like please let me yeah. know how it goes three weeks from now right like, i don't know I don't, yeah. maybe they're all vaccinated you know i don't know I, I, well i'm looking forward to going to a game when this chance you know comes but i would like to know whether that's an appropriate thing to do or not <laughs> in that situation. Well, I, so, yeah. I, I would, I would like to go, you know, God willing, yeah. if the Nats open it up, right. um, both my dad and I are vaccinated. I think yeah. I personally would, would feel comfortable going to a, yeah. to a game if the Mets were in town. Yeah. Uh, particularly if it's like the limited seating in the space, I would go with my dad on a Thursday afternoon or something and yeah. not be too concerned. Yeah. It, so. Um, but we're fortunate. We're like, yeah, like we're you getting there. We've been yep. vaccinated. Yep. Yeah. Getting there. So, um, and, Anyways, um, we're going to talk a little, we are going to go around tonight, then we're going to talk a little bit about football, um, and we've got a fun OT tonight. Uh, we're going to save, just so everybody, I think, Rob, next week, if if the wheels have not entirely fallen off the season, in terms of the, the, the bigger picture FCS season next week, we will look at, I tried to take some time today and like look at like the playoff potential. And be just because it's so weird, there's four undefeated teams technically in the CAA right now. Yeah. And I, I will say most conferences are not like that, mm-hmm. but there it would be really difficult to, to pick 16 teams right now. Um, it was too much. I just thought we got to wait another week and see whether this is ha- – it's not worth taking the time tonight to go through all the crazy scenarios. So, But the, it, but the short, short answer is it's a very real possibility that a quote-unquote undefeated CAA team 
will not make the playoffs. A hundred. It's it's like a hundred percent possibility if it doesn't. Yeah. If unless everybody plays and loses right now, because yeah. if the games are over, then I I mean whether it's a CAA or another conference, there is going to be an undefeated team left. That out. wasn't undefeated enough, right? And, to, um, to make it. Yeah, and there's a bunch of conferences. I mean, you know, even the Big South with Kennesaw and Monmouth. I mean, there's a number of conferences that have strong arguments for at least two bids. My guess is no one except the Valley has even a chance at more than two. And I actually, looking at the standings, don't think the Valley does either. I think they get two. So, yeah, but th- th- I mean, logically play, speaking, I think you're right. But yeah. I, I could envision a scenario where they get three. Well, and, and if they get three, I, I, like, I'm okay with that. But it just, like, if they get three, that only leaves three more, I think, or two more. And yeah. like the Southland, the Big South, the CAA, lots of schools have arguments. So this is just going to be crazy. Um, hopefully a few more games can be played. Uh, I don't know how. I have no idea. I, don't, I just didn't think it was worth speculating. Um, I mean, JMU is in really good position. For, maybe we're just doing football now, Rob. I mean, 4 yeah. no is not too bad, right? All things yeah. considered, I like it. we all kind of made fun of it. But now everybody's getting canceled everywhere. And teams are quitting and... I don't know. No one wants to come here and play JMU. The four and out. I'm not concerned about JMU being left out. I think there's considerable pressure where you need to include, even though the rankings don't play into it, if you leave out an undefeated number one ranked team, it's just kind of invalidating the entire notion of of a regular season. It's a bridge as it was. But I am very worried about JMU being a four and O team heading into the playoffs you know, after basically played. sitting on the sidelines, having that layoff, um, JMU showed glimpses and got us all very excited against William Mary. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to be excited about in the previous games, but there was a whole lot more to be like, Hmm, well this, this is going to be a little bit more interesting of a season. I don't want to say it was like panicking. Um, I might've been panicking a little bit or might've just <laughs> been writing things off. <laughs> but I think the more objective take is you realize like this team is going to need to play and show improvement in a number of areas before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and if they do that, they will have a chance right now. It's, I, I don't know. I, I just, I kind of feel like this whole thing, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, do you really want to put all your eggs in the spring basket and win a playoff. I mean, you want to win the playoffs. Let's say that if you can play, you want to win the championship flags fly forever, blah, 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 blah. But if you're in a situation where it's like, are you really going to put all of your eggs in that basket when it's like winning the, she believes cup and at expense of the world cup, you know, Correct. like yeah, 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 yeah. it just, it, it's just a weird thing. Like you get all excited and it's like, Oh yeah, we won what three playoff games and four regular season games. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's exciting. But there, there is the very big asterisk situation hanging out there where it's how much is anybody really going to count this? And, you know, I was talking with, uh, I think Zach last week on Twitter and he made the very good point. Like, Hey, you know, you've got nothing to lose. I was saying, shut it down. This is dumb. Right. Get ready for the fall. I'm over this. Let's not risk injuries. Um, and he was like, no, he's like, you just go for it. Worst case is you get some more preparation. You learn a little bit more about your team in the fall. And we already have the built-in asterisk and the excuses fans to say, this ain't real anyway. And, <laughs> that's, I mean, he yeah. was kind of joking, but that's actually a pretty legitimate point. Like he's essentially saying, and he can correct me if I'm wrong here, jump in, but essentially saying we're playing with house money. You got nothing yeah. to lose. Mm-hmm. You either win and it's great or you don't. And you go, eh, it's a BS season, but we got five or six games in 
and we're that much better for the fall, which yeah, is I hadn't true thought about that. And that's right. And not only that, but I, I actually weirdly like, like I would like them to play one more game before the playoffs so that they're ready for the so they don't have a month off between games. Yeah, but I'm not. But I don't actually like like having the two games canceled the last two weeks or this two weeks is not like if they only play four or five games and then have two or three games or four games in the playoffs, that's actually better than playing 12 or 13 games this spring. Like in terms of wear and tear and all the things that I was so concerned about. in the, in the Yeah. Fall. You're absolutely I mean, right. And, and I'm I, more concerned about yeah. the layoff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a, yeah, both, both injury and preparation standpoint, you get concerned about the layoff. But as you said, I mean, if they're rusty and they go out, then they're, you know, that much closer to fall as a healthy unit. Yeah, probably, I, I, just, you know? I, yeah. I do think while it is incredibly remote, mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canucks type scenario does scare me. The yeah. injured situation and mm-hmm. you're playing a la JMU volleyball where you're playing right. a bunch of backups. And again, like you, if you chalk yeah, that yeah. up to like, hey, we're just getting experience for the fall. Great. But then I go back to if this is all just about experience for the fall, why even push it with the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it's I'm very conflicted. I'm very conflicted. Yeah. And and I think I'm kind of just over it with these layoffs. I mm-hmm. think I've just kind of lost lost the, I'd the almost pulse of it than, a little bit. This is probably the dumb, dumb thing to say, but I'd almost rather them like put all the teams in a hat that are still like in contention, draw the sixteen and start the tournament next week. Like, and then if we're I, in it, like, that'd be fun to play, you know, but if like, I don't know, it's just the continuing to extend this out, extend this out, you know, that I, I don't know. They're trying you know. to make something extremely legitimate when by its nature, it's a one-off. Yeah. It's and hard, I'm not saying right? it's illegitimate, but it, it just was five and oh, like mm-hmm. they were in the same boat in the FBS season in the fall, right? Didn't they play like five games and then they go to and the playoff? You they know? didn't go to the. They didn't play in the Big Ten championship, but then the Big Ten selected them as its representative. Do I have that right? right yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. because of the COVID protocol, they mm-hmm. didn't play enough games to be in the Big Ten championship. But, but yeah, I mean, whatever the, the situation was, they hadn't, they had not played. I mean, they don't, they were in this situation, right? They'd only played half the games that many of the other playoff participants mm-hmm. had played. Um, so I, who knows? <laughs> I, I don't have a lot more. I mean, Rob, you're torn about it. I'm, I mean, I, I guess I'm just like, Eh, let's see what happens. I mean, if uh, yeah, I don't know. I That's mean, I'll probably hate the it better way to approach injured. it. I think it's yeah. better like how you and Zach are approaching. Like, hey, it's football. We either get football and we make the best of it, and, or it ends early. And so what? And we'll still be excited. The time, right? Fall. Mid-April is kind of like this is normally the spring game time, right? The kind yeah, of April twentieth range. So they Most, would have I know, had like, like three or four Clemson weeks. Clemson and pretty- Bama had theirs on Saturday. It yeah, was. so I mean, there is some, you know, they would have played some tackle football in, you know, in the spring, and someone would have gotten injured. That's, you know, I, now that yeah, we've and, had this pause again, like it, we don't really, I don't know the ins and outs, but you know, you hate it for the kids that got COVID, but in terms of the injury, I think Ukwu and Jalen Green's injuries were really before the season. I don't know that you could have. I don't think they were tied to this weird spring season. No, I, I don't know that just... you could solve for that, right? And even the Sam Kidd injury, we think, was probably uh, something maybe they knew about before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's really the only guy that's, like, really been out. And that Fornadel's the one that sucked um, because you just don't know what his 
long-term plans are. But I also wonder, like, depending on his one, like, we don't know the extent of his injury. So, you know, what is his, his long-term plan may have something to do with him not rushing back to the field too. I have no idea, you know? So yeah. I and, just, and it kind of, it goes back to that age old of like, you can only plan for the future so much. Yeah, kids we talk play. about it with red shirting, this notion of like, Oh, you got a red shirt and save. And I, I think there's a legitimate argument to be made. Not even an argument to me. Like Mike Houston screwed up the red shirt situation with the quarterbacks that, that didn't mm-hmm. do anybody any favors. Um, right. Well, you know, when he played Cole for four games and then sat him for the red shirt and in and, and Houston's, yeah, credit it was the first year of that rule but then we got to the playoffs and you had to pull him and you put in gage who wasn't really ready and so now you've got a situation where we heading into this year where you've got two quarterbacks who have this you know extra year of eligibility plus one they're going to be you know cole will be a super senior yeah, next year yeah. and it's just at a certain point you just need to play nothing's guaranteed right. so i understand that whole element of it and so i i understand that flaw in my argument of like you can't just be so scared of getting hurt that you don't do anything to prepare because some of these guys could quit. Yeah, I don't you think we have can guys plan just... for COVID-19, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can't believe that. But like, not foreseeable. The, my whole thing of, uh, for me, it's not even about the injuries now. It's the injuries in August or September because sure. people didn't have time to recover. Mm-hmm. And there's no way we'll ever be able to definitively prove that. If somebody gets hurt, you know, the second week of camp, we don't know. Yeah, but we're all going to say that, yeah. Everybody's going to say it. We don't, it just, I don't know. I'm starting to think the better idea would have been something like you said, as crazy as that is, where it's like a random tournament that will cl- declare a champion. I mean, uh, MLS did that weird, like, welcome back. Yeah. Thing. That was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I mean, at Major League Baseball, I'm not a fan of the expanded playoffs, but for last year, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. You know, for a one-off, like, I'm almost more in favor of doing something completely different, make it exciting, make it something to be celebrated on its own but let's not try to make this like a regular season. That's where it appears to be stumbling. Um, it, I'll get blasted by any other fans for saying this, but like there's absolutely gamesmanship going on here. Teams don't want oh, to play JMU. The Wofford thing you're, today and the, um, yeah. the was, didn't somebody else duck out of the Missouri yeah, Valley today too? In um, the Valley, oh, Western yeah. Illinois did. Yeah. And I but saw just teams sudden- not wanting to reschedule games. I, I don't yes. blame them. If I'm Richmond, no. I'm not signing up for extra games. Mm-hmm. I was – not expecting to be undefeated. I'm doing whatever I can to preserve that undefeated. Yeah. And yet at the same time to, to give Houston some credit at Richmond, right. He also approached the season before they got to like three and O or whatever their weird record is right now. Mm-hmm. He was one of the ones who was pretty upfront, you know, in the winter, like before this season about we're going to use this as a developmental season. Yeah. Like we're not interested in, like playing 10 games or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, every program comes at it from a different point of view. I I did think the, you know, the Western Illinois, the Wofford, these, you know, just bailing now seems a little like you could probably bail legitimately in two weeks. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Anyways, it's It's, hard. It is weird. Like I I don't want to judge because the one thing we learned in the fall is that, well, it's very easy to say all these guys want to play and all the players almost unanimously said they wanted to play. Then you got time, and I go back to this example I've used a million times, Boston College saying, we don't want the bowl game, and them erupting. Then it was like once they did it, all these other programs were like, we don't want a bowl game either. I think it's very hard for us as fans um, to understand how trying this might be. And all these people that signed up and they said they're going to make go of it, it might have just gotten to the point where enough is enough. Um, I think maybe the more appropriate move at this stage would be to say, hey, you know what? We're removing ourselves from playoff consideration but we'll play out the season. Our regular I, season I, game, right? You know, like I, yeah. I do, I, 
I'm somebody who's always been big on like honor your commitments. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you're going to do something, you do it. I do give people a pass for those reasons I just stated though, where I don't know. We talk about the mental health aspects of this, of this pandemic and how it's been really tough on people. Yeah. I think that's legitimate where coaches and players and staffs could be in a situation where they're just going, you know what? We understand that, you know, this is football. We preach accountability. We preach being ready and being there for teammates, but this is breaking folks. And we just yeah, need yeah. to say for our guys that this, and, and in some sense, I think it is a job of a coach to be selfish. And if he recognizes that his players mm-hmm. can't get are. this done, pull the cord, even if it goes against everything you've preached as a coach for your entire yeah, career yeah. about, you know, we never quit. We never say die. And, you know, you keep going to the drills to the end and the weight rooms there forever. Blah, blah. But you also got to know, like, this is real. You've been around. I mean, it's been tough. Yeah. I've had coworkers who struggled. Yeah. I've struggled at times. I'm sure you have. And at the end of the day, it's just football. So it's, I, I, I hate to be a fence sitter here, but I can see both sides. I can absolutely see the statements like Southern Illinois coach today, like we play, we play. I thought that was a little bit of, I did too. Well, nose and kind of your self, business. I thought the statement from the Citadel has been stronger, which is a team that's been getting hammered this spring. Yeah, They're like, Oh, and four. And they've made a strong commitment. Like about like, when you come to this institution, you stick to think, you know, when you make yeah, a plan, I mean, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And we're going to finish the season. Uh, the the Southern Illinois coach, you know, they got their big win over NDSU and they have a chance at making the playoffs if they play another game or two, maybe. And so it mm-hmm. is a little more self-serving for them to say like, oh, I need another game where you've got some of the CAA teams on the other side of the fence who are saying, like, I'm sitting here now comfortable with JMU at number one being like, eh, four no's fine with me. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I, you know, so I, yeah, there's no, well, that's, that's definitely the right thing to do to preserve your chance of a seed. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you right now, I, we wanna, I they need no, to play. They can't have four weeks. Off. I, I, I have no, no confidence in Jamie advancing far in the playoffs. If they go in having not played in a month. I mean, not, yeah. Yeah. That, that I just don't. Terrible. So it's like, to me, do you, do you run the risk of losing a game and costing yourself a playoff championship? Yeah. You don't want to do that but is it really any worse than not playing for five weeks and then going in and losing a first round matchup to Delaware or whoever, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's the one thing that we got that through, but the one thing that's been abundantly clear is like coaches are crazy. Yeah. Football coaches across the board are crazy. And yes. I think I always point back to that? Jamarcus Russell is my greatest example of coaches egos. Just get away. Jamarcus Russell, didn't show much of anything at LSU. Then that that Sugar Bowl game, I think it was against Notre Dame, he threw that pass on the run, like 60 yards, and everybody just saw that raw arm talent. Yep. And all of a sudden, every NFL coach in the in the league wanted him, and he you know vaulted up to like a top five pick because every coach believed he they could be the one to get him over the edge. Oh, I can just get him. Like they have this ego. It's the same thing. Like, I think every coach thought like I can just push through COVID and we can just beat this. So we can be determined. And then they're getting in. And they're like. Holy crap! Like this is Signetti. Signetti's yeah. not strike me as somebody who's going to show his emotions in public. He was breaking down in a very kind of yeah. almost endearing way, yes. being like, "This was tough." He was pulled into. He was no longer a coach. He was the COVID checker and everything. Yeah. But yeah. It's just you need to have an insane ego to think that you can conceivably, you know, lead a group of 110 college students and go through. But like, to do anything, they're yeah. all. Yeah, it's just crazy, and and so it the crazy comes out on both ends, mm-hmm. the the quitting, which like you said is oftentimes more self serving. There's some sort of ulterior motive, or it's better for the program, and then these crazy statements talking about how like 
one team is tougher than COVID and rah, rah. Right, like, right, right. It's just, it's a crazy profession. You don't win a prize for dressing four defensive linemen and, and traveling with 13 freshmen dressed or something. Like, yeah. No, they don't hand like, out great. rings for that. You know, like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. The whole thing is just, it's just a wacky situation. Yeah. Well, the good news is we've gotten through football right off the top, Rob. Um, yeah. Only last thing on this is we'll have to pick up our Duke's mafia idea again. Hopefully we're going to have to find a way to reincorporate this. You know, I got on breeze TV last week. Um, yeah. Really nice young guy. Um, it, it, you know, called and talked to us about it and wanted to promote it. And that was really nice. I was wearing my home field shirt, Rob. Oh, um, I've got, yeah, I've got my sweatshirt good. on now. Yeah. You got yours on now. Yeah. So this is our, uh, we're brought to you by Home Field Apparel. Um, some guys out of Indiana, they're probably there watching the tournament tonight, Rob. Um, I, I but, think they are. I think there was yeah. a tweet going out that purchased a ticket today and showing up in their Home Field All-Star suit. So look for the yeah. crazy guy in the sparkly suit nice. and a tuxedo so, shirt. Yeah. Um, they just make really quality, cool shirts from like kind of vintage the history of your school's athletics in JMU's case, Rob's wearing this "We Are the Dukes of JMU" uh, sweatshirt with this crazy Duke dog with his with the Dukes up. It's like the pugilistic <laughs> um, Duke dog. It's pretty great, yeah. yeah. Um, and I got the script Dukes on gold. Uh, there's a really cool. I do want to get Rob. I think I'm going to order that purple with the JMU like like the tailor down under kind of JMU the old track logo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that, that one's, one's nice. really cool. So. And they have tons of other schools. They're adding more all the time. So, you know, check them out if you have people coming up this summer and you want to get them an easy, uh, fun gift that people will like. If you've got other fans like us, uh, you're going to want to check this out. It's, um, I don't know. I love my shirt, Rob. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I love it. My, and, yeah, yeah. And the code, the JMU Sports Blog code at checkout still gives you 15% off. Um, and that is good for non JMU merchandise as well. So, if you got to get gifts oh, yeah, yeah. for friends like Todd mentioned, go ahead and use that. And, uh, Use it often. It is everybody share it, share it. Any first time purchase it's good for, um, no matter how small or how large. Okay. So thank you to the guys at home field. Um, Rob, I want to just go through real quick. The other sports, um, baseball, Rob mentioned they are back two and one in the CAA. Um, mm-hmm. they played one series this week. They are, took two of three from college of Charleston. We'd kind of been picking on them because the record was not strong and they'd been out with COVID for a while. Um, so good for them. I, I don't have much else to say. They play, uh, they're at home for UNC Wilmington this week. So good for baseball. Uh, baseball and softball, long, long seasons. So we'll have plenty of time to talk about those. Um, men's soccer, Rob, they're getting They're, they're getting, getting good. Down. They're getting good and they're getting down to it. And this game, so they won one nothing over Women Mary on over the weekend. Uh, freshman of the week was Axel Alander. I'm really glad that we have an, an Axel in the program, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, freshman of the week in the CAA, the young defender. Uh, but they have a huge game coming up at home this Friday at five. So if you can get out there to Centera Park, they JMU is ranked. I don't know the polls. I can't figure out. There's what so many polls. different polls, and they're right. They yeah. there doesn't seem to be a lot of overlap between the various polls. Like you can be top twenty in one and not ranked in the other. Yeah. So well, anyways, JMU is ranked. They're well thought of. They are a. They've been on the national radar all year. They are four zero and one or something like four one and zero. They're they're good. Um, they only have two games. Uh, a couple. Uh, this is it. This is the last game, and they host the number nine team in the country, UNC Wilmington Seahawks, on Friday at Centera. So, they both teams presumably will be in the CAA tournament, which begins next week at Drexel. So, um, this is like pretty cool. You're getting like a 
I don't know, for sure a top 20 national matchup at home in the CAA uh, in a non-football sport. That's pretty cool. You don't see that very often. So, you know, uh, good luck to the men's team. Uh, Women's soccer. uh, Oh, (laughs) they scored twice in the last 10 minutes, Rob, to tie William & Mary. Uh, I saw that. Scored in the 83rd and the 89th minute. um, And then... Nice goal, too. It was a header on the girls, Yeah. yeah. And no one scored in either of the overtimes. So 2-2 draw with William & Mary. Um, they, that was on senior night for them, too. So really cool that the team was able to come back, you know, in the last home game um, and have kind of a big moment there. They do have another game. They go to UNC Wilmington this weekend. And then they may or may not be in the CAA tournament next week. I, I, there's only four teams that make the tournament. I think JMU is kind of right on the bubble of that. Right on so, the cusp, yeah. Yeah, so they, they could use a result. Um, at in Wilmington this weekend. So lacrosse had a big win last week, Rob, eight to five over Liberty, um, a game that they had made up from a while back. They have, they're in kind of a weird spot. You know, we think of them as one of our strong teams. They play this Saturday against Hofstra in Maryland. Uh, I don't, I don't understand that, but anyways, it's like, there's like a USA lacrosse complex in Maryland, Rob. So I, I don't know. Anyways, they're meeting halfway, which is cool that they'll be able to play. Um, but I noticed there are four CAA teams in the top 25, JMU being the third of those by ranking. Towson is at 17, Delaware is at 18, JMU is 24th, and Elon is 25th. So, you know, they also have a four-team tournament coming up in a couple of weeks, and they need to keep winning. <laughs> like it's yeah, I, it's you know, like yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's good for the conference strength where you no longer need to play, you know, ridiculous out of conference like they have in the years past. But mm-hmm. they also did that knowing that they could probably, you know, finish with a pretty easy winning record, if not, you know, going undefeated in CA play. If that's changing, mm-hmm. that would you know, that'd be great, but it's certainly a, a different dynamic heading into future seasons. Yeah, it'd be really nice to see Towson in Delaware. I can't speak to Elon's potential but Towson in particular is a pretty strong program on the men's side in a yeah. absolute you know the heart in of a loaded area. territory right yeah I mean it would be good to see their women's team it's always kind of confused me why Towson was not you know just as good as JMU in you know or competing with them more and, and Delaware's kind of in that mix too I don't know anything about the Delaware men's program but Certainly in the it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're, lacrosse they're territory. I mean, they take it seriously, yeah. right? And they have lots of mm-hmm. people who care. So, yeah. Um, good luck to the women this weekend against Hofstra. Uh, Raf, softball. This is gonna. Be, I have a feeling this is our. We're gonna switch to being a softball pod because this, yeah, as football keeps falling apart, um, this is the thing that's gonna sustain us. Many years has sustained us through some lengthy spring, summer, off season time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are now 14 and one after run ruling Charleston three times this weekend, just yeah. bombing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's just like, if, if you don't get, you arrive late, you're going to miss the game mm-hmm. for, for some of these conference matchups. They are oh. just steamrolling teams. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, they're, they have a double header versus Radford tomorrow or today. By the time most of you listen to this, um, they'll be playing. Uh, that one. And then they go to UNCW this weekend for a series down there. So 14 to one, one, two, three, four, five. They got to 19 to one. That'd be a pretty, needless to say, that'd be a pretty strong first 20. Um, yeah. yeah. Quite a ways to go. Pretty early goings in softball. 
Uh, field hockey, uh, big shout out to field hockey team this week, Rob. They won two to one at Drexel uh, last week. I actually got to watch a little bit of this game. Um, I didn't know it was like Friday after work. And I was kind of home by myself. So it, I, I got to watch a little bit. Uh, they go to Delaware Friday. They play Towson Sunday on senior day. They have two games, um, two games left this week. Just big shout out, Lauren, freshman Lauren Satchel. Uh, I think we know that name. If some JMU folks might recognize that name, um, she scored the winning goal uh, in the two to one victory at Drexel last week. And I just want to say, I mean, both field hockey and lacrosse that I got to watch for the first time in a while last week, uh, Rachel Yeager in field hockey and Casey Knobloch in lacrosse. That's what you want, right? If we're, if the casual fan gets to know a name or two, you know, that's a kid who's having a good season. Yeah. So yeah. Crossing Um, over. Yes, exactly. And with senior day this week, the one thing for Phil Lockheed to wrap it up um, on Sunday will be senior day. And I just want to mention, I think, I'm not sure like how this works with Phil Lockheed. Can the kids come back? But I know that um, Tanner Ridgely is a redshirt senior and will be the last of like seven or eight straight years of Ridgely's. I think her sister Madison was the one before her that was really good so they've been like she hasn't played much i saw she just she got in the game this week but um always sad to see a family that's been around jamie sports for quite a while um we've seen yeah, a few it's quite a run yeah uh over the years so that's really all i have rob unless you have other questions there. Got a, one more thing we, yeah amelia williams freshman on the golf team set the program record shot at 67 Damn. on sunday 67 that, that's kind of blazing that i think that tied uh the mm. program's low Mm-hmm. And it was not a gimme. I saw they they posted the thing on Twitter. She had a pretty decent putt at the end to do it. That's pretty impressive for a freshman. But sixty seven that's that's a ridiculous number. That's that awesome. That. Right now, and then down. I don't know if you followed volleyball. Volleyball had a great season. Went into yeah, the I didn't know what to say about this. Yeah, I don't really know what happened. All I know is they went into the tournament as a number one seed, played Northeasterners number two. And for reasons that I'm not sure, I assume it was contact tracing or protocols. They only played with eight people. So they had people playing out of position and everything. And they still made it a heck of a match. I think they lost in four sets, but Mm -hmm. I was unusually upset about that result. I've kind of been following that team from far. And, you know, I I really enjoy the sport of volleyball. Um, That's a very good program. It was sad to see it end like that, mm-hmm. but really impressive. Just and if you follow like yeah. the girls on Twitter and everything, yeah, they've been the fun attitudes they had was just so cool. Of like there was no complaining. It was just all this like, oh, you don't want this smoke. Eight players, we're bringing it, we're bringing it. And I just, I, I don't want to say it was like inspiring or anything, but but it was a little bit inspiring just to see people. So many bad things have happened to people during COVID, and they caught a rough, rough break, losing literally over half their roster. Yeah, heading into the tournament, yep. you know, after having played an outstanding season, have the number one seed, and to come out and just go down swinging and talk about like not whining about it, there just seemed to be so much enthusiasm. It, it was really cool to see, and I'm I'm excited about that program, and I just want to give them a little bit of shout out. Nice, for, good for to them. hear. Yes, and and I think this is going to happen. Uh, not to revisit football at all, but the same thing's going to happen there, right? They're going to pick the 16 teams, and then not all the 16 teams are going to play. <laughs> No, like, you're going to have like, this it, is going to it's going to be a total There'll be a VCU type situation. Yeah, so um, or there'll be a Denver Broncos type situation where you've got a wide receiver playing quarterback and mm-hmm. oh. you, it, you make the best of it and I think Jamie Volleyball was an outstanding example of that going and just going out going down swinging and with your head held high. 
Yep. And that brings us to overtime. Uh, tonight's overtime is brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Thank you, Brian and Colby and team down there for everything you're doing. It is time. The weather is gorgeous. Today was like the best day yet, I think, weather-wise, here at least, Rob. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it is time to get out and go fishing or get all your like sort of summer outdoor needs from them. Um, mention the podcast, you get a free sticker, but mainly just go down there, book your lessons, book your trips, get everything you need for hiking and hope camping and hopefully festival season this summer mm-hmm. <laughs> at some point. So yeah, we'll see. But Rob, you had some ideas for overtime tonight. We can do these quick so everyone can go and, and uh, enjoy this game. Yeah, we'll just do this quick. Well, so we can enjoy the game. Everybody will have enjoyed it by the time this gets there. Let's just do in the past couple of weeks, and we don't need to really bound this. This isn't hard, but but recently, like what's the best thing you've eaten, best thing you've drank, and best book you've read? And you 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 want to start off first with food? Food, yeah. Um I was fortunate enough at home to have uh we made like an egg roll in a bowl. Well, Ooh. me by meaning not me. You ate it. I yeah. ate it, <laughs> yes. Um I was fortunate enough to be able to eat it. But this was a really fun idea. I, I actually haven't. I, that was the thing that stuck out to me in the last couple of weeks. It was really That's fun. Awesome. I mean, it was really, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's one. Was it just like all the fillings, but then like on a wonton wrapper? Like yeah, ba- basically just like, yeah, totally in the bowl. I put an egg in it, you know, rice. It was actually ground turkey that we made it with. But like, and then That's just awesome, a bunch man. of vegetables or whatever you would put in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that stuff. Like any sort of baby met bowl or, or anything. That's awesome. That sounds great. That was good. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. You had well, something I, really special, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rob, this, this, this really, about. so we can see that. Yeah, it's like so I, I can talk about. I was fortunate to go to Rodney Scott's barbecue uh, last week, whole hog, uh, for my son's birthday. That's we were down in Low Country area, and that's where James chose. You know, heading into it, so we knew we were going to go. To, it absolutely lived up to the hype. Sometimes I get worried when I have something like that circled. Or you're going to go someplace, and um, it was it was fantastic, man. The pork, it's whole hog. The pork is amazing. But we ordered a ton of meats between, you know, the whole family. Like, we had the turkey, which was – normally I'm not a huge – that's like I would never order that. But we were like, oh, we got to get – that was outstanding, just wonderful. The ribs were, were great. The pork was the best pork I've ever had. The sneaky good one was the chicken wings. Oh, Sam wow. got yeah. like a – Sam got a two-meat platter and he got pork and chicken wings. Uh-huh. They were amazing chicken wings, but it was absolutely amazing. If you're down in, in in Charleston, highly recommend it. I think there's another one in Birmingham, and they're opening one up in Atlanta. So I'm sure this will end up becoming like like a Moe's original. Like it, it will become a chain, and everybody will turn their nose up and say, oh, it used to be better, but it was damn hey, good, man. Having seen, it was yeah. damn good. So you, anybody yeah. who's watched the, tops, or the uh, chef's table with Rodney mm-hmm. Scott, um, you're seeing where that family came from and how they started more power to them if they can turn this into a bigger deal. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So. So it, it's a cool spot too. Like we didn't eat there because of COVID it was like limited seating and it was packed, but we went there and picked it up and it, it's a cool little joint. Uh, it's mm-hmm. on King street, but like way up, like not okay. down in, in Charleston, but mm-hmm. it was great. Highly recommend it for anybody who has the opportunity to get down there and check it out. Awesome. And, uh, I won't spoil it, but there's a Rodney Scott connection on the new top chef. The first episode yeah. came out last week. So I'm sure we have people. Um, and he's also got a new cookbook out. Yeah. So I'm sure we have people who haven't watched that. Um, what's next here, Rob? You want to go with beer? Beer. Yes. Uh, so you know that I had had, uh, we talked about the chief of chiefs of Bearded Iris, mm-hmm. but I actually, I got a chance to see Dreek and um, have a little outdoor, you know, hang out, watch the tournament awesome. last weekend. It's really mm-hmm. fun. And uh, and he gave me this, and this is funny because it, it's a Coach Priz special. 
It's from Tired Hands Brewing in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Where you, he LOL. told us you that online. Yeah. yeah. It's the name of the beer. I couldn't remember where. I'd actually had forgotten that that's where it was from. And uh, it was really good. I, I did actually like that. So, uh, yeah. Rich was, I think, pretty excited to hear that we had we, we had found ourselves drinking some Tired Hands. Yeah. That's great. I might need to order some of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> I would say probably we talked about Zombie Dust a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. That's fantastic. This is something... I look back, I've, I've tried a bunch of beers last week in Charleston. Nothing really stood out. They were whatever, you know, local IPAs. And there was actually a, a goze that was pretty good. But I go back, I had Brooklyn Lager again. I freaking oh, love that beer. You've I know always it's like loved very, that. You've loved that beer I've for a long time. Loved, yeah. I've always loved it. And I had it for the first time in a while. And that is just such a terrific, clean, simple beer. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's grossly overlooked because it's almost like, maybe not like Sam Adams, but it's like that or... Like that one, Sierra Nevada, some of the classics, Anchor Steam. Mm-hmm. People just are so used to having them on the shelves everywhere, but I just freaking love Brooklyn Lager. That is yeah. such a great beer. Such a good one. So, uh-huh. Yep. Nice. Right. So, what about book? Oh, book is, uh, I just want to say I finished the Broken Earth trilogy by N.K. Jemison, and this is one that um, I, I really, it was completely worth it. Uh, I was so thrilled to read this. I had, I, I don't know, kind of trepidation going into this. It, each book in the series had won the like some kind of sci-fi award for three of the last four years and of course it created this like so the author is a female woman of color and the fantasy community let's just say they're not always the most evolved most, right? most open yeah. <laughs> in terms of reactions to things which is weird because then like half of it is like more open than anything anyways it's just yeah weirdest thing but it's an interesting I, dichotomy. I knew that the book was you know uh, that there was going to be some connection to some modern issues and i and i really struggled with the first book in the series mm-hmm. um it turned out to be awesome. And I think it will stick with me a long time. Like I wanted to wait a few days before starting another book. Cause I couldn't stop thinking about the third one. Um, really good. I, I, it's weird. I was trying to think of what to say about this. It, um, well, the biggest thing from a English major dork perspective is that the book is mostly told through the second person point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's someone saying, telling someone else the story like you will remember this or you know you did this it's highly like the narrator from yeah and i think it made it it really hard for yeah it made it really difficult for me i think in the first book to like figure this out and i'd read one other book by this author that i really did like um, but she does this crazy thing where she just drops you in the middle of the world without explaining the like magic system you know like how everything works and so it's just very um jarring for the first 80 to 100 pages so anyways but i really like that broken earth trilogy <coughs> super good um <coughs> excuse me just excuse uh, me. yeah it was really really fun um and it's the first time i've ever read a like sci-fi fantasy type book where the the, the system is based on like geology like oh. rocks like like yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was an inter- very interesting book. So yeah. How about I you? I just had a, well, I just had a sci-fi one where I, I had it on my list on reserve for weeks at the library and I've been very excited and I bailed 150 pages into it. Which one? Uh-oh. <laughs> Dune. Oh, I have never read Dune. So Which everybody know. says is a classic and it's like one of those books you got to read. And I was very excited, but I'll give you an idea of what it, what it is for me. Like it has a freaking glossary. And that's just too much for me. And, and it's very helpful. That's a classic part of the genre. 
it's classic, but like, I didn't realize I'm not as into sci-fi as you are in fantasy, but like I'd wanted to read this for years and I've been so hard. I don't know why I didn't just buy it. I'm glad I didn't buy it in hindsight, mm-hmm. but it just, maybe I'll go back and try it again, but I, I never bail on books. And I was like, I got to just, I, I bailed on two books for the pandemic. Did really long to me. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, Cause I bailed on that during the pandemic and I bailed on another one, which I was like, so excited about. And I got two thirds way through it, and I was like, "Who am I kidding? I'm not going to." And that was how to read the Constitution and why. And it just made me realize, like, how difficult <laughs> it must be for you and other lawyers to make through that constitutional law semester. It was really interesting, yes. but interesting enough of like, there's there's nothing for me to do with this. Like, right. the only people who'd be interested in this would be like you and Gaster, and I can't have a conversation. With, like, I just I'd be fraudulent. So, remember last year that, during but, the pandemic, we got to talk about um, the the Third Amendment. We yeah, it's a quartering soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, I got that the the emolumus and nomulus clause, and yeah. it was it was too much for me. The parts were interesting, but I did read some good books, and I, I actually I'm gonna I got a cop out. I have two that I've loved in the oh, past good. Good. month or so. One I already told you about the Carl Heisen squeeze me. Uh-huh. Oh, the latest yeah, yeah. one, it's just great. It's just more that, yeah. Florida nonsense. It's just it's with the summer coming, and hopefully people will be able to travel or do little getaways. It's the perfect like summer beach read. Um, mm-hmm. If you've read Carl Heisen, yeah. you know the drill. It's just yep. Florida craziness. There's definitely some very um, real world elements and, and a very um, clear satire going on of current political events. So okay. 50% yeah. of you will love it. 50% of you might not love it. But <laughs> if you like Heisen, it's a great one. So I read that one and that's just a good you know, paperback fiction sort of thing. And then I also just read Pappy Land by Wright Thompson. Oh, yeah. How was that? Which, really I mean, I good. love him so i you know. i love him i mean i'm yeah. just i'm enamored by him and everything he does as a journalist i, I like his podcast the shorts he does for espn mm-hmm. um i was very excited to read it and for people who don't know it's about um the pappy van winkle kind of the the cult of of the whiskey and they started he started off with the intention of writing purely about the whiskey but it really evolves more into stories about families and legacies and what brings mm-hmm. us together and there's a lot about i mean not to get too deep but like dealing with loss and, and depth and it's just really really good so he dives mm-hmm. a lot into his own kind of personal family history and his connection with his father and relatives and then you know his his family what he's going to leave behind and then does that as well with um with julian so it's it's a really cool book I, I definitely recommend it even if you're not a whiskey fan if you're a whiskey fan yeah absolutely it's gonna be cool but if you're just if you're a fan of Wright thompson you'll love it if you are interested in kind of the South and Southern culture like it, but really just, it's a good book about if fathers like and sons writing, and grandfathers. So it's yeah. Right. Thompson. Like, come on. It's, you know, it's yeah, can't you? yeah. And it's quick. I mean, I tore through it in like a day and a half. Right. So definitely I'd highly recommend that one as well. Was it, did you get, did you have it in like, was that on, did you read it on a Kindle or did you read it in the book? Like an actual, I film? read, I had the hardcover. Yeah. And that, that is it worth, that's what I was going to ask you. Like that, is there a picture like is it a book that is worth reading on a hardcover? No, it, it'll be fine. It's just, it's okay. just a book. It's fine. Okay. If, if you like if you like Kindles, stick with a Kindle. I didn't know if it was one that was like more like that kind of food telling the story. You know, no, no, like his, it's just it's a straight yeah. up just text based. Gotcha. Cool. But, um, yeah, All but it's right. cool. I definitely recommend it. It's a fun read. Thanks, Rob. Well, that's good. Um, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, um, hopefully next week, maybe we'll we might have a game to talk about. It did seem the one thing today. You know, seemed like JMU was. You know, they're open to this weekend or the following weekend, the 17th, that open week, um, if they can get anyone to play. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't have anything to say about it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, there, there could be 
teams that are saying no to next week now who might have a game canceled this week and then suddenly want to say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. A lot can change, but so well, let's remain it, optimistic. And yeah, I, I if think the season has not been canceled. We will talk playoffs next week and like yes. what needs to happen for JMU and where JMU might line up if, you know, depending on whether they're going to play or not on the 17th, um, because the 18th is selection Sunday. So, you know. This time next week, we'll be talking. It'll be time to talk about playoffs. Yeah. One or another, we're talking about it. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, um, happy belated Easter, everyone. And Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, have a good week. All right, go Dukes.